Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We have my ex-business partner, ex-roommate, current best friend on the podcast today. And what we're going to talk about is uh, running a marathon and everything that has gone into running a marathon. And honestly, running a marathon is one thing, but it's going to be more about the mindset and the message and the intention behind running the marathon. And so if you guys don't know, Sumner is one of my good friends. I've known him since I was 12 years old and he is a fellow entrepreneur and we have grown and bonded along our entrepreneur journeys together. When I started my fitness coaching business, it was started in inspiration of Sumner getting on my ass and getting me to do something with my life. So uh, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so it's really cool to be able to bring him on and, you know, talk about his success, his story, and then also just this marathon as well. So Sumner, what's going on, my friend? Uh, how is your week in New York City? Let's let's start with that. Dude, well, first off, uh, happy to be here, man. I was uh, waiting for when the time was going to come, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm on here and I uh, could hang out with you, although it's virtual. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you guys don't know, Zach and I went to New York together. Uh, dude, an incredible trip. Honestly, I was looking back on it today, and I think hands down, November's been the best month of my life. November 2021 for a multitude of reasons, um, has been the best best year of my life or best month of my life. And so to be able to share that week with you in New York uh, and everyone else we met along our adventure out there was, was incredible. Dude, okay, now I have to ask, what about November made it the best month of your life? Because that's a bold statement. You're 26, <laughs> like that's a that's one month out of like 26 a lot. times 12, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so why did it make it the best month? I do a, a combination of factors. One, I think I, I'm one of those people that just loves Thanksgiving. Um, that's like, that is my holiday. Forget my birthday, forget Christmas. Thanksgiving is where my heart lies. Family, good food. Uh, it's just a good time. So I had Thanksgiving to look forward to. And I was like, you know, when you've got a trip planned and you're just looking forward to the whole time, that's how I felt about Thanksgiving. So I came into the month with excitement, um, carry that excitement over into uh, the business. If you guys don't know, I run a company called thelandpioneer.com. Uh, biggest month we've ever had by a pretty big stretch, which I did not expect at all. Like typically, you know, quarter four for what we sell, which is land slow. Like most people aren't Christmas shopping for land. So I figured things are going to be pretty slow. Um, and it just was, was gangbusters. Um, just a little, little under 200 K in cash collected, which is pretty, wow. pretty insane. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and so that was, that was incredible. I got to go back home for my grandma's 75th birthday at the beginning of the month. Had some family time there. The older I've gotten, the more that I've realized like spending time with friends and spending time with family, as cliche as that is, like that is really what fills up my cup. Um, so beginning of the month, saw, saw my grandma, she turned 75, freaking sick. Uh, came back down to San Diego, packed my bags. You and I went to New York. We, I had to correct you too. We actually ran an ultra marathon. If you guys mm. don't know, we did about 49 kilometers. Um, so I guess that's technically going ultra um explored the city together got to work remotely together it's always been like this weird kind of like fetish that i've had of like hey i want to go to a different city and work from that city but also i've had like this secret fear that if i do that something in my business is going to break and the ironic part is things were better than ever and i was working less than i normally do while experiencing a new city and hanging out with friends that was epic uh came back saw my dad uh my dad and i rode 40 miles together on a road bike which was really fun to do my dad's like super into that stuff so kind of playing his domain and spend time with him that way was was really cool and i didn't get my ass as kicked as, as much as i thought i was going to mm-hmm. uh, and then more family time for thanksgiving man so it's just like really simple i can't say that there was any crazy monumental thing that happened 
it was just a lot of like the good stuff, right? The simple bare necessities. Yeah, which is which is really awesome to point out because obviously you had a huge month in your business. You did 200K. Like that's fucking insane in and of itself. But the things that you counted off that really made you happy were all free things. Yeah. Other than travel costs, like, but like seeing your family, you know, getting physical, you know, uh, just taking your, what you do on a day-to-day basis and putting it in a different environment. Yeah. It doesn't cost much. You don't need to be ultra successful to, to achieve that kind of happiness, which is super, super cool, which is my whole message too. It's like, dude, as long as you do what you love and you're happy every single day, then you're successful. Um, but I want to talk about this marathon today. Yeah. I want to talk about, you know, what happened, how did it go down and, you know, everything of the sort. So just to give you guys some context, uh, Sumner and I, we both ran an ultra marathon last week in New York City. And before that, we had never run before. Uh, we decided that we were going to run this marathon about two weeks prior when we, you know, booked the trip. And we could talk about that story too. Um, but essentially, we ran this marathon full grit, no skill. And so, uh, Sumner, I'd love for you to just walk us through the entire process of like, you know, when we decided to book the marathon or like decide that we're going to run a marathon, what the training looked like, you know, and then all the way up until the actual event of like what was going through our minds like during yeah. that in that process. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. I think that for context, kind of like the origin story is pretty funny, but I think it highlights. Uh, something that you and I both share in terms of like a, a character quality. Uh, so Zach and I are sitting eating burgers, uh, very weird burgers. Mine had whipped cream on it. Zach had, I don't even remember what, what was on yours. Good burgers, but weird burgers. And um, we were talking about, I don't even know what the subject was, but I think we were talking about traveling. We had, I think we had already had this New York trip planned. We, I think we just booked it the night before. So like we booked the trip. Uh, well, first off, the, the, idea of the New York trip was spontaneous in and of itself. I was kind of moody. I was like, you know what? I just need to change my environment. I'm going to look at Airbnbs in New York city. We have a couple of friends there. I had a couple of friends up. They're like, yeah, come through. So um, I was about to book a flight to New York city, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to text Sumner, see if he wants to come. Uh, Lo and behold, Sumner was down. And so we booked it literally that night. And then the next day we went to grab burgers, which is where I'll let you. Uh, yeah. So we're, so we're eating burgers. New York trip is plans. We're spitballing like, Hey, you know what, what do we want to do while we're out there? And uh, I think, I don't even know how the joke came up, but the joke was like, Hey, what if we ran uh, a marathon? And then it kind of went silent. And then we're like, yeah, what if we did run a marathon? And I think that here's the character quality that I find interesting about you and I, and not to toot our own horns by any means, but like, I feel like you and I are, are, curious enough to say yes to things where most folks wouldn't like booking a spontaneous trip. And one of the things that I felt with booking the trip and you felt with booking the trip, and this is anytime you have travel plans, it always seems inconvenient, right? You're like, ah, shit, I have the stuff I could be doing at home. I got a lot going on. It seems inconvenient. Running a marathon seems inconvenient. Um, But just, you know, saying yes to something and then committing to it. Right. And like that happened just like that, where some people would hem and they would ha pros cons list we just kind of yes we're gonna do it um and that was about two and a half weeks prior uh for you guys that don't know zach and i like lifting weights we're by no means endurance people at all and the training started uh we had you know some friends that kind of gave us some basic advice but essentially the only advice that we really knew is hey let's just start running like tomorrow um and so i think you know a few days later we we had our first run and that first run was 10 miles right? Which I think is also interesting. We didn't just start soft. We didn't go, hey, let's run like a 5k. 
We jumped in, we hit 10 miles. It was a doozy. I mean, how'd you feel with those 10 miles? It was hard. You know, what was so funny is we, we decided that we were going to run this marathon without telling anybody. And um, just, just for context, like Sumner was saying, I think the last time I ever ran was a one miler about three years prior, like three years before was the last time I ever ran. And so uh, we were like, okay, cool. We're going to do this and we're just going to go for it. And so we're like 10 miles. Cool. Go off the bat. We, we put it up on, on Instagram and the only advice that we got was literally warnings from people who had experience telling us that we're, we're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Essentially. I mean, what I didn't realize too, is like upon doing a little more research, uh, on Google, most folks take about six months. Like if you're an untrained individual, it's about six months to ramp up. Usually you're going to do like, I mean, a 5k, if you're really out of shape, but usually you'll start with a half marathon, then hit a marathon in about a six month window. Um, that's, that's the moment that I knew that we were going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah. And so that's, that's the interesting thing. Right. And, you know, we'll touch on this later. Um, but one of the things that I really took away about this experience, um, was like, dude, I think we're so quick to label, right? Like, oh fuck, this is going to be painful. Therefore it's going to be bad. Like I knew it was going to be painful, but it's just kind of reframing it. Like it's going to be painful and I'm just going to watch myself from a third party perspective. And Sumner is going to be in pain or my body's going to be in pain, but I can separate from that. Uh, and so, yeah, I was just kind of like accepting that, you know, this is going to hurt a little bit. Um, and that's okay. That's neither good nor bad. And so anyways, we hit that 10 mile run. Um, you know, the funny thing is like, I think you showed up in vans. I'm running like these blown out shoes from like two and a half years ago that my ex-girlfriend's brother gave to me. Like, you know, it's just, we're so ill-prepared. I went and bought us these wrist, like arm straps from CBS. You know, Zach's got a pink arm strap on. They barely even fit us. Uh, so we run down, um, if you guys are familiar with San Diego, we run down the boardwalk in Pacific beach. And then like, uh, we started in La Jolla and then ran back to La Jolla was tough, but not like excruciating. Um, and so at that point, I actually think I had more confidence in us, right? Um, I thought like, you know, 10 miles, we did it pretty easily. Um, you no, know, it shouldn't be too difficult to run like 26.2. One of the things that I discovered just from uh, some people that had given us advice was, yeah, look, at it, it's not linear, right? Like 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles, different kind of pain at each level. Um, and we'll touch that a little bit to what, what happens when you get to that point. But yeah, that's how we started. Uh, it was 10 miles out the gate and that was about 48 hours later, I think. Yeah. And I will say my experience with 10 miles is a little bit different than Summer's experience. Uh, I ran it in flat sole shoes. It was, it was literally, I ran 10 miles in vans out the gate. I have like, I was so sore by the end of the run that my forearms, literally the muscles in my forearms were sore from holding my wrists up because when you run and your elbows are bent at a 95, like a 90 degree angle, yeah. my, my forearms were sore from holding my wrists up. And by the time I woke up the next morning, the back of my hamstrings were so sore. My knees hurt so much that I was like, I'm now more nervous for my next run than I've, than I've ever been. Like there is like a little bit of fear going into that next run because I was like, dude, I literally just got so wrecked, never been wrecked like that before in my life. Uh, and so like after that first run, I was like, oh, we should take this a little bit more seriously. But at the same time, we only have two weeks to prep, which also put, put a little bit of pressure on us. But uh, like you were talking about with, with the whole pain thing, I was looking forward to it because I was like, okay, this is going to suck. This is going to hurt. But like, that's why we're doing it. Like that's, it's the challenge that's going to be fun. It's, it's going into that pain zone. That's going to be fun. Uh, so after the first 10 mile run, 
I remember you actually left. We did a couple runs together, small runs. You left. I did a couple more runs myself. Actually, I, I've totally forgot. That was about our this. only run together. Yeah, that that was the only run we did together. By the way, after that first ten mile run, I got sick. I got extremely, extremely sick, and so I was I was bedridden for five days after that that first run, and I was supposed to run one more time, and I was like, "All right, cool." There goes literally a whole week of yeah. training before this marathon, and so I I got even less training than Sumner did. But um, what happened? What happened next? We did a couple more runs, but like small, real yeah. small runs. Like you know, I one of the interesting things that I learned, I think it's like it's kind of poetic for everything else in life, is that. Uh, so we hit that 10 mile out the gate. So I felt pretty confident you had a different experience, but like for me, I was like, this is going to be easy. Um, and then I went back home. So I drove up to Monterey, I think, I think a few days later and I, I pull into Monterey after like a seven hour drive uh, from San Diego. And I'm like, fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't want to run right now, but I knew like clocks ticking. You got to go, you got to go put your feet out there and, and get some, some movement in. So I go and do my, my second run. This one was solo. And I think I hit six miles yeah it's six miles maybe seven miles like somewhere in that window and I was just defeated man like it wasn't fun doing it by myself I didn't have like when I got low there was no one there to pick me up and vice versa that's one of the things I learned on this run was that like do we would ping pong each other right when one of us was starting to fall it's like hey you know what let's keep going and so not having that was was way more difficult so I hit that little like seven miler six miler and then a couple days later I did like a four miler and that was it Right. That was the only, I got two solo runs in. Yeah. I, I think after my first 10 mile run, I got sick, wasn't able to run at all. The first run back, I did uh, five miles and that was more brutal than the 10 miler. I think it was because I was so sore and because I was alone, I was just like, why am I even out here? Like, why am I doing this? Like, there's just like all the reasons why not to do it came out. And uh, because you have to remember when we decided that we were running this marathon, we weren't, we're not running a, a scheduled event. We just decided that like, hey, let's just run around the city of Manhattan. Like that would be kind of a fun idea. And uh, so there, there's like literally no glory in it whatsoever. Like people were actually hating on it. Sumner got hate messages of, of being like, dude, you guys are so stupid. Like, like, we, like there's just no reason for us to do it other than just putting ourselves to the pain. And so that was a really tough day, that five mile run. But let's go ahead and skip over to the 15 miler because it was pretty uneventful. We just did a couple like small, small runs. And two, yeah, two, two runs each, I think about maybe... Maybe you got another one, but I think it was two. No, I, I only got one. Uh, oh, wait, I did 110, 110, then 115. Okay. I did yeah. a, a 10, a six, and like a four. Yeah. Okay. So then, but then we did the, the, the 15. 15. The 15 was another wake up call. Uh, and this one we did with a, with a group of people. We started with four guys. Uh, we went out with a friend of mine, Jake Weber, who's in PTBI. We also went out with a friend, Wyatt Wormager, who we actually just left them in the dust. Like they didn't finish with us. Uh, we started with them, did not finish with them. But tell me about the 15 mile run. What was that like? Yeah. So just for uh, to kind of give a little context too. So then uh, those, those two runs, I didn't really happen on the first run, that 10 miler, but in the two solo runs, I, again, I was running on these blown out shoes and, um, my my right knee got fucked up somewhere in the process and it wasn't on the 10 milers it was on one of those runs and like it, it like re, i mean it really hurt like just to walk on it i was doing like a little bit of like a limp and then it was like my hip felt kind of imbalanced so to be honest for that 15 miler like i was dreading it right it was a sunday 
it sounds this sounds like it's gonna be fucking terrible and what's gonna end up happening is i'm gonna do that 15 miler dig myself into such a hole that i can't recover from and just be i, I won't be able to do the marathon and that's gonna be fucking embarrassing right like we had put it out there we had talked a big talk so it's like you know i don't want to have to walk this this marathon that was the thought like it was actually keeping me up at night like what if i'm the guy that walks this marathon so then um before our 15 miler we did that on a sunday i think it was on a friday I get this package from my mom and um, for you, you guys that are a little more new age, uh, she dropped me some homeopathic. So she got me Arnica for like a sublingual, like go under the tongue, a little pill and like this cream that you rub on your knee. And my mom's like really into the woo woo stuff. And I'm like, mom, I don't think this shit's going to work. But anyways, I take her advice. It's like, you got to take like 20 of these pills a day, but you take them like three different increments, but you take like a big clump of them and put them under your tongue. So I do that leading up and dude, I kid you not, on Sunday, my knee hurt, but it was like a game changer. It's probably like 50% better. And um, we also leading up to that 50 miler, Zach and I, uh, although we are very frugal, we decided, you know what, let's go, let's go buy some real running shoes. So we pick up some real running shoes and um, yeah, man, we're stoked. The, here's another thing. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be fully transparent. The night before I stayed out way too late, drank, like did not set myself up for success on that level. Um, but we get out there at 10 a.m. We start at the very south end of um, the boardwalk. And um, what was it? Four of us all together? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, four of us all together. The two other guys that were with us, um, you know, super athletic. But what was interesting is one of the things that Zach and I had kind of picked up just from our little bit of running, what we gleaned away is pacing is everything, right? Like, and I think this is applicable in so many other areas of our life. Like, just be the water faucet that just drips every day. You don't have to be like this gushing fire hydrant. Those boys wanted to go. They wanted to go fast. And Zach and I are over here like really old man, like 10 mile, maybe 11, uh, 11 minute pace for a mile, uh, taking it really slow. Uh, the 15 miles was, was actually a breeze. It was a, it was a pretty big confidence boost. The first 10 miles were, we came out of the gate running super, super, I didn't feel fatigued. My knee didn't hurt. Uh, this time we had brought some like kind of intro run nutrition with us. We got these little goo packets. I think it's just like maltodextrin or something like that. Just like some really quick digesting sugar. So we're hitting those on the run. We hydrated and uh, we had kind of geared up on some electrolytes prior. So we we're just playing it a little, little smarter than we had in the past uh, and taking it a little more seriously. So those first 10 miles felt good. We got this big confidence boost at least I did where I was like, dude, let's go for 20. Let's go for 20. And um, I, I was pretty committed to the concept that we could hit 20 and then we started to backslide, right? And so that's the interesting thing that everyone had warned us about is that like, again, it's not linear. And so once we got to like mile 12, mile 13, um, it was a doozy. And one of the things they talk about in running is like this, or really any endurance sport is like this concept of bonking. And it's when you, you've just, you, you hit a wall, right? You get this big endorphin release when like you're in it and then you kind of go on the backside of that, right? So you get this big high and then you kind of fall off of that. You've just drained all your glycogen. You're probably dehydrated. Um, and we started to feel that kind of creep up on us. And um, dude, it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's a really, really weird feeling. So we're coming back um, 13 mile mark, just about on the boardwalk. And that's when Zach and I knew like, dude, this is going to be fucking hard. This is going to be really fucking hard. Like the difference from, you know, 13 miles to 15 miles was as hard as running the initial 13 miles. Was that your experience? Yeah. So, so the first time we ran 10 miles, it was tough. It, it seemed like every single time we went out running, we picked something up along the way. 
the first time we hit 10 miles, we're like, oh shit, we should pace ourselves. And so we, we paced ourselves for the second time. And the second time we hit 10 miles, we're like, dude, this is easy. Like, I remember feeling so good at the tail mile mark that I was like, we can definitely hit 20. And then I think the biggest thing for us was that we didn't bring any electrolytes with us. We knew that we should be hydrating with electrolytes, but like, we didn't think that we were going to be out there all that whole time. And so as soon as we started needing that electrolytes, we were out in the sun, we were sweating. We didn't have shirts on like, it, and it was hot too. Uh, so we we're definitely losing a lot of sodium and like we crashed so hard, but luckily we crashed at the very end of the run. We crashed within like the last two miles, but like, like Sumner said, those last two miles, I was, I was like losing sight of vision. I would like, instead of like looking up and around, I was like zoning in on the pebbles on the ground. Just, just thinking like, just keep freaking going, keep freaking going, keep freaking going. And it got to the point to where, you know, there's water fountains along the way, but you didn't want any water. Like I didn't want any water. Like I would drink water and it would do nothing for me. What was, what was, what hit was like the loss of electrolytes. And so it's like, Every single time we went for a run, we hit a new challenge and then we were able to go into the next run with a solution to that new challenge, which was really, really rewarding because it's like first run, okay, pace ourselves. Second run, we should probably get shoes. Third run, bring electrolytes and nutrition. And so by the time we hit our marathon, we weren't prepared endurance wise by any means, but we were prepared like for the journey, which I think was, was really good. So like the little bit of training that we did have paid off in a way that at least allowed us to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I totally agree. And I'm just going to take it on like a quick tangent um, just because this is like one of the only things I know what to relate it to, but like you've probably felt this in business to some extent too, where it's like, okay, you gain the skill of making money. Right. So you think that's going to be a linear process. You make your first 10 K, right. You're like, okay, if I made 10 K making 50 K or, you know, whatever it is, it's going to feel pretty much the same. It's going to require the same um, tool set. Right. And every level is different, like 10K, 50K, 100K, 205, like whatever it is, I feel like every single time you need a new skill set. And that's how these miles felt. Like you needed different tools at each little marker. And it wasn't like, you know, mile 10, mile 11, it wasn't that clean, but there was like these very clear forks in the road where it was like, oh shit, I need a new toolbox, new tools to get over this. And it was super gratifying having to kind of problem solve and figure that out. Um, Here's the interesting thing. So we're on that run. I had a similar experience. Mile 13, it's like, dude, you're getting like tunnel vision. It was like kind of pulsating. It's kind of oddly enjoyable in a weird way. But also, you know, like you're like, I'm excited for this to be done. This was the kicker though, is that Zach had parked, Zach and I had actually parked our car at the very south end of the boardwalk. So when we hit my it's like 15 and a half miles, when we hit that point, and we had we had still thought, like, hey, you know what, we might hit 20. You saw the car there. You saw a Gatorade sitting in the car and like, you're just like, dude, we're done. Yeah. We're fucking done. And it was actually a wise choice. I remember saying, no, Zach, we got to do 20. We got to do 20. We got to do 20. We had the marathon coming up so quickly that I think if we dug deeper, like it would have been really difficult to recover out of that. Entirely. Dude, our, so our marathon after that 15 mile run was literally four days later. Yeah. It was later travel jet lag. I didn't, I honestly, when I woke up on Monday after that 15 mile run, I did not think that I was going to be recovered enough for the marathon. I I had a fear that I was going to either have to cancel it or push it back. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to be recovered enough for this. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think one of the differences between Sumner and I, I think, and I'll, I'll just something that I've, I've noticed too, that that can be applied into business and life in general is like when you set a marker, you're going to 
the, you're going to hit that marker and likely not do more. Sumner wanted to hit 20. I set a, a marker for 15. As soon as I hit that marker for 15, I was like, nope, I hit the marker. I'm good. Right. And so sometimes that could be good. Sometimes that could be bad. But I think in, in cases like this, like when you hit a goal, go for the goal and then plan to do it bigger the next time. For me, I was like, I, I don't want to burn myself out after I said I was going to do 15. If I hit 15, I'm going to stop there. And then the next time I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it a little bit bigger. Yeah. But I thought my process too is like, if we can just hit 15, then we'll at least know what it feels like to hit 15. And then the last 10 miles can just be a mystery and we'll just freaking grit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what happened, to be honest. Yeah. So we hit that on Sunday. Monday, I... I, I wake up I'm like feeling pretty sick kind of like you were on the um, initial 10 miler mm -hmm. and again I think like we both I don't think either of us had talked about it but I think we both had like this mutual feeling of like oh fuck dude it's gonna be embarrassing if something goes wrong and throws a wrench in this because again it's like yeah it's just gonna be embarrassing I don't, I don't think there's any explanation needed there it's just gonna be embarrassing so I get sick on Monday we leave on Tuesday and uh, at this point, I'm kind of dreading the trip. I'm dreading the trip. I'm kind of dreading the experience. I'm like, ah, I, I could feel myself leaning towards getting a little bit negative about it. And uh, anyways, we followed through. We got on the plane. We fly out there. Uh, I brought um, a tiny little duffel bag with me. I ended up being the only suitcase that I had in my house. And it was like packing last minute on Monday night. So what I brought was super, super bare. Mm -hmm. What I ended up finding out once I got to New York so I left my headphones at home and I left my running shorts at home. So I ended up running it in these khaki shorts. I had no headphones. Zach had headphones, but by divine intervention, Zach forgets his headphones, which is a funny story in itself and actually worked out perfectly. So we get to this hotel. Uh, we end up staying in the financial district in um, New York, which is funny because like, I don't think either of us even knew where we were staying, right? Like we just kind of booked a random place on Airbnb. We show up, like, oh, dude, this is a block from Wall Street. Had a nice little kitchen, had the bare essentials of what we knew we were going to need, which was actually fantastic. Um, we go to the store, we get baby food, we get oats, we get bananas, giant jar of Skippy, and jelly. I think that was it, right? Oh, and some unflavored, unflavored protein powder. It's disgusting. So we get all the, the essentials, and that was going to be kind of like a pre-run kit, right? Like kind of covered all the bases of what we thought we were going to need pre-run. Wednesday night? Wednesday night, we go out with um, your closer. Mm -hmm. Go with your closer, takes us to a family friend's pizza's joint in um, uh, Manhattan, like Midtown Manhattan. Zach and I go big, right? We get the freaking extra large family style pizza. We're carbon loading the night before, slam that back and uh, wake up the next morning. And what did we eat for breakfast? I remember it being something pretty disgusting. Uh, I'm honestly probably just oats. I think it was oats. I think yeah. oats and a ton of baby food. Uh, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, it was, it was baby food. Yeah, oats, baby food. And um, d like, so leading up to um, this marathon, I was kind of of the belief, like, hey, I think we need a storage system to, to store stuff. Zach was like, nah, dog, we can just put it in our pockets. We don't I, need that. My, my thought process is, are we just going to take a credit card and yeah. there's going to be 7-Elevens along the way? We can grab food and snacks as we go. So we ended up meeting in the middle and we go to an REI in, the, in New York City, get a little fanny pack, super small fanny pack. Like you can fit a phone and a few other bits and pieces in it. So that's all we brought with us. Uh, so we slam on Tuesday morning, we slam our, our pre-run kit. This was the funny thing. So Zach and I had all these intentions, right? Dude, we're going to get up early. We're going to hit it super, super early. 
but we, we wake up and we're just slamming back this food after eating. I'm not kidding. The pizza that we ate that night before, which I did finish. I don't know if you finished yours. was fucking was giant, dude. Slam back this pizza. We wake up in the morning. I'm like, dude, the last thing I want to do is eat right now. It sounds disgusting. But we make this massive bowl of oatmeal and baby food and, and Skippy peanut butter. We eat that. And I remember both. I remember, at least for me, I was like, there's no way I could run right now. I need some time to digest. We ended up getting on the run starting at about, what, 9 a.m.? Yeah, about 9 so if you guys don't know, too, um, the way Manhattan's laid out, financial district's like at the very bottom end of Manhattan. So it's kind of like on like the southeastern portion of Manhattan. Um, and so Zach and I's initial plan was, hey, we're going to run the exact layout of the New York Marathon. Unbeknownst to us, it actually happened a week prior. So we were like on the coattails of the New York Marathon. There was still like signage up for the marathon and stuff like that when we got there. And um, what we found out, it goes over a ton of bridges. It's a huge course. It goes like Coney Island and it goes across all these bridges. You actually can't run on a lot of those bridges. Um, they, they like close them off for the marathon. So then I think it was, was it the night before, we're like rerouting it. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how, how can we fit in 26.2 miles uh, on this little island? And it worked out pretty cleanly. So what we did is we started on the southeastern end. Like, hey, we're going to run essentially around the perimeter. So we ran up the west end. Plan was go up to the Bronx, at least we thought we we're going to go up to the Bronx, cut down the middle, lap Central Park. I thought Central Park's pretty small, right? Yeah. It's fucking ginormous. But we're going to lap Central Park, and then we're going to cut across and run on the east side. Kind of just assumed, like, there must be bike paths along the perimeter. And, um, yeah, we had, we had a few wrenches along the way. Before we dive into what happened, any pieces you want to add in that I missed? Um, no, I mean, you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I think, I think we were really excited to see all the boroughs, but when we realized that majority of the path for the New York marathon is on blocks, that was essentially like the bane to our entire experience was like the blocks. And so last minute we decided to change paths. It it worked out really perfectly. Um, the mileage came out perfectly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was pretty smooth. Just making sure that we were prepped. And here's the thing, the nights before and the morning of, you kind of just have to surrender. And this is actually something I experienced with when I race mountain bikes too, because I used to race mountain bikes. I used to do endurance cross-country bike racing. There's a lot of anxiety about race day. And the morning I woke up for the marathon, I felt that same anxiety, but you just have to surrender that the work that you've put in is the work that you've put in and you're not going to get anything else out of it. And so like, you just have to show up with what you're prepared to do and like give it your absolute best shot and go from there. So uh, the morning of the marathon, I pretty much just surrendered and be like, all right, this is it. We're going to go and we're just going to see what happens. You kind of just have to like let go of any sort of emotions tied up into the anxiety of doing it. You just have to show up as your best self because all the work that you could have done, it's too late. You can't do it. Any, like it's too late. Like your race legs are your race legs. <laughs> yeah. But dude, I remember that, that feeling of letting go and it was it was a good feeling. Like we're bumping music. We're like scared, but also super excited at the same time. And so waking up, the, the energy was pretty high. Um, minus, dude, that breakfast was just so disgusting. I just got to comment on it. I just remember that fucking gross. Anyways, we leave uh, about 9 a.m. And um, I, I don't know what our, our planned time was. I think we were thinking like four to five hours. Is, it was what it was going to take us. Yeah. I mean, after the 15 mile run, you have to remember the 15 mile run was a straight shot. We didn't have any blocks or lights. So we were able to just run continuously. It's running through the city. It added a ton of time, but we were pretty, we were feeling pretty damn optimistic. And, you know, if I think that if we didn't have the blocks, 
we could have got it done sub six hours, but we were aiming for like five hours. Yeah. Which is pretty ambitious. Pretty ambitious for sure. Pretty ambitious. And for you guys that haven't been to the East coast or New York, uh, winter or fall time, it's usually cold, like pretty chilly. We wake up, we get this crazy bluebird day, 68 degrees outside, not a cloud in the sky. It was like the, the stars aligned. Perfect day for us. We get on the road at 9am. We're, we're, our plan is drop South and then kind of run up the West end. And the West end, in my opinion, was, was a dream. Flawless. Like, it was flawless. Wow. It could not have gotten any better. There's just like this clean, straight shot bike path. That's like exclusively used for runners. Like there were so many runners out running next to us. Uh, there was like bathroom stations that you could like kind of pop into like little bathrooms here and there. Um, so I felt like at that point, like if this is what the race is going to be like, easy breezy. You and I both had four little goo gel packets on us. We had uh, what we thought was enough nutrition. Uh, unfortunately, what we found out on the run is that there's a ton of water fountains, but in the, the East Coast during that time of year, they actually turn off all the water pipes so they don't freeze because, you know, 68 degrees out. So it felt kind of silly. So that was the tricky thing is we were, at least I was kind of relying on the fact that we might find water along the way because uh, we didn't bring any with us. So that that initial shot up the West End um, on the bike path was like a clean 10 miles or so. And it was just like really a straight shot. You're looking at New Jersey, uh, you're running along the water, fall colors. Uh, it just felt like it was going to be the easiest thing ever. And then we get to what we thought was the Bronx, but I think that's like what North Manhattan. It, it was upper Manhattan kind of Harlem. Har yeah. Harlem is what they call it. So we get to Harlem and also we have to divert off the bike path. So we divert off the bike path and that's our first time hitting city streets. And that's when my ment the mental game started to come in. Like, oh, fuck, this is going to be hard, right? Like, so there's a little bit of elevation, but more than anything, what I realized is the city streets, like, dude, traffic's not going to abide for you. In New York City, it's like cars get the right away. Humans are second. So, like, you're dodging the cars and you're doing a lot of stopping and going. And our goal was, hey, we're going to run up to the Yankee Stadium uh, and go enter into the Bronx. And that stretch from Harlem to the Yankee Stadium, maybe it was about three miles or so. Does it sound about right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about three miles, long and slow, long and slow. And that that whole entire time up the West End, it's been like, you know, it's, it's pretty nice, pretty bougie, right? Like cute girls running everywhere. Everyone's pretty hoity-toity. You get to Harlem, right? This is a different scene. I mean, there's people, I don't even know what the hell they're doing. There's Everyone's outside doing something that seems highly unproductive, like fucking bumping rap music, waxing their wheels or something on their car. Like it's just kind of the, the cliche of what you'd expect in the hood of New York. But what was interesting is I feel like once we got to Harlem is once we started getting some camaraderie. Running on that west end of the bike path, we were just another runner. There was dozens, hundreds out there maybe. Uh, so we kind of fit in. All of a sudden we hit Harlem. It's two shirtless white dudes who look exhausted are running through a place where probably don't find very many runners hitting those city streets. And we're starting to get some cheering, right? We're starting to get like some kids cheering us on, some people kind of like giving us looks, clapping, hooting, hollering. And that, I remember that kind of raising our spirits a bit. Uh, and that felt that felt pretty good at that point you and I kind of the way I, I framed this race is looking at hey when we, when were we hitting our goose which are like the gel packets mm -hmm. at that point I think I had hit two goose so I had two left in reserves like those were like my lifelines I had two more left I think you'd hit one or had you hit two at that point I think I hit two I think you'd hit two so we're, we're 50 50 percent of the way through our goose well, I'm gonna shut the door to that noise sorry okay so we're 50 50% through our goose. Uh, we're about 12 miles in or so. Um, and we're, we're running towards the Yankee Stadium. And at this point, we're like, 
it goes from city streets to like kind of running on the freeway do you remember like the the weird little yeah we were we were literally like running on like bridges yeah like we're like bridge with intersections that was it was not meant for pedestrians whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah you didn't see you didn't see anyone walking out there it's like not where you'd want to be hanging out as a runner so we're running there and our thought was hey you know what we're gonna go hit the yankee stadium it's almost a halfway point at that point you're like almost 13 miles in i think um we're gonna take a break take a quick picture at the yankee stadium grab some food we roll up to the Yankee Stadium. It's a goddamn ghost town out there. I mean, there's not, it's just like, there's not jack shit. There's like a parking yeah. lot. There's no people in it. The Yankee Stadium is desolate. And for me, that's when the hunger started to kick in. I'm like, dude, these, these little goos, they're about 120 calories each. They're not doing anything. And they're not, to be quite frank, they actually taste disgusting at that point. Like, it's just so sweet. Um, it's really like, we go, we hit the Yankee Stadium. Like, you know what? Let's take it like a 30 second break, snap a quick pick, and we're out of here. Like, let's go find some food. We run back into like Harlem area. And I remember we ran past like a, a church and they like, offered us food, which I thought was pretty funny. And we were like, oh, we got to keep going, got to keep going. And we find this funky little liquor store. And uh, Zach's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go use the bathroom. I'm like, cool, I'm going to find some quick snacks in here. I mean, it's just, just it's junk. Like uh, liquor stores in, in Harlem, it's really for buying like Blunts and Hennessy or something like that. It's not, not really like the runner's paradise for finding good snacks. So, um, I ended up just buying a banana and I'm like, Hey man, do you have any like salt here? He's like, no, we don't sell salt. And he had like this big salt shaker in the back. I'm like, could you grab that? He grabs a salt shaker, loads it up in my hand. And I'm just hitting this banana and just licking salt out of my hand. And I felt, I was like, dude, it's bringing me back to life. And what, what'd you get at that point? I think you got, I got, uh, I got a chips Ahoy, which was pretty fire. I got Chips Ahoy, a banana, and a Gatorade. I kid you not, I probably spent $100 on Gatorades. <laughs> Just yeah. in the marathon, I was drinking Gatorades like every 15, 20 minutes. And it honestly saved my life. But yeah, this one was just a quick stop. Mainly, I just needed to use the bathroom. Um, which is tricky, just finding bathrooms along the way. Super tricky. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, just Gatorade, Chips Ahoy for some quick sugar, bananas for some potassium. And then we were, we were like, it was literally like five minutes stop and go. And then we're back on the road. Five minutes stop and go. Um, we're outside. We're getting heckled by the homeless people. They're like, you guys are professional athletes. Like they, they couldn't believe that we we're going through a run through Harlem. We're slamming the banana, hit the Gatorade. We're back to it. Now this plan from this point is like, hey, we're going to cut just straightly down Manhattan. And we're going to go hit Central Park. And at that point, we had a friend who was going to meet us in Central Park. So that was going to be like our quick reprieve, right? We're going to hit Central Park. That'll give us like probably five minutes of rest or so in Central Park. And he was meeting us pretty much like smack dab in the middle of Central Park. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it shouldn't take us that long to get to him. I think from Harlem to Central Park probably took us about an hour to get to the middle of Central Park. Yeah, it took a very long time. The thing is like, it was a straight shot. So if you're in, if you're in New York City, there's, there's a stream of buildings called Billionaire's Row, which is essentially just like, super high luxury uh, residential apartment buildings. And you can see them from where we were at the very end of the Manhattan Island, like just a speck on the skyline. And we were like, okay, we have to run there. And so it took us a long time strictly because of the stop and go. And by this point, we're about 15 miles into the run. And so this is like the farthest we had ever run before. Yep. And our bodies were starting to break down and get tired. And so the stop and goes were just killing us at this point. Our form was deteriorating. Like we weren't running with good form anymore. I remember 
that most of my running was my shoulders picking my body up from momentum. I was using more of my shoulders to swing momentum and get my foot. <laughs> and like every time we would step off the curb and step onto a nerd curb, dude, it was like, I felt very vulnerable for injury because our <laughs> bodies were that beaten down at that point. And so we knew we just had a long shot of stop and go on, on these blocks. But as soon as we hit central park, um, we got a good reprieve because it was a good long stretch of mileage that we can get in without any stopping and going. And so we were able to kind of like make up some time there, which is great. Yeah. It, when, what I noticed too, is like, once we started going closer to Midtown, it's like the traffic got more and more intense. And so that slowed us down. But at that, like, once we kind of were eclipsing the 15 mile mark, I remember getting like a second wind. I felt pretty confident. I had had that banana. I'd had the salt. Um, and I was feeling like, you know what? I, I think this is going to be a breeze. Now at this somewhere along this point is when Zach starts whispering in my ear, let's do 30. Right. And on the, on the initial run, the 15 miler, I was like, Hey, let's do 20. Now the roles were reversed. Zach's like, let's do 30. And I'm at 15 and I'm like, yeah, 30, 30 for sure. 30 for sure. For sure. For sure. And, um, but we, <laughs> yeah, just reminiscing on uh, how, how naive we were. Um, so we make it to Central Park. At that point, I mean, I felt like I was on like hallucinogenics or something like that. Like running through Central Park, the way the light was hitting the leaves, the color, the fatigue, it was just like overwhelming. It's beautiful. Finally, we're just kind of running in a straight, clean path. And that's when like the pacing starts to come in. That's one of the things I learned on this run. Zach's really good at pacing. I think that's applicable to other things that you do in life. Of just being able to like just to keep that same pace and manage energy really in a really clean way and so once we get to central park i'm, I'm like i kind of want to go fast it's actually like, hey, dude, taper it back and so like we're just matching a really really clean pace we're probably running like an 11 or 12 minute pace at that point um we stop at a hot dog stand get more gatorade right let's add it to the gatorade fund one of the things that i realized too is that like once we got deeper into this run my taste for sweet food just just fell off. Like I, I wanted nothing sweet, but it's the only thing that we could find. It was like the only way to get quick carbs in. So we're just guzzling Gatorades, hitting these goos. At that point, I hit my third goo. Um, and getting from the the northern end of Central Park down to like the middle brought us to about 19 miles. So when we met up with our buddy in Central Park, we were at about 19 miles. And that's where it started to backslide. So when I bought my, when I bought my running shoes, I remember the guy gave me a quick running lesson. He like looked at my running form, asked me what I was running for. I said, "Hey, I'm doing a marathon." He says, "Do you know what bonking is?" I said, "Yeah, I think I've heard my dad talk about bonking before." I'm like I'm kind of excited to experience it. He's like, "Don't say that." It's like bonking is not something to fuck around with. He's like, if "You don't. You're not going to be excited when it happens." And he gave me like a little bit of a, a kind of inside scoop on what to look out for, what the signs are, and then what to do when it happens. I remember at mile 19, it started to creep up and we met up with our friend. He brought his camera out there. He's going to take some pictures. Again, Zach and I are going to take like five minutes of rest. We were going to do some laps around Central Park and he was going to grab some photos. And I remember both Zach and I were like, one, I don't want to rest. I want to get this thing done with. Like the, the, the joy was starting to get sucked out pretty quickly. And two, Central Park is ginormous. Central Park is so big. There's no way we're going to run laps around Central Park. So we met up with our friend. I mean, yeah, it probably lasted about five minutes, but we didn't even really pause. We were just running and he was taking pictures. 
And they were like, dude, we're going to meet you later. And uh, the meeting point that we had set was the Brooklyn Bridge, which would bring us to a clean 30 miles. So that point, 30 miles, we're not running a marathon anymore. We're doing what they call an ultra. An ultra really is anything over uh, 26.2 miles, but really like the next step up is about 50 kilometers or so, which is like right around 30 miles. So uh, with our experience on the west side, we think, you know, what, we're going to cut east and we're going to find a nice running path. that's going to be uh, pretty straightforward. We'll just do a straight shot. Dude, Zach and I end up getting so lost. We, Dude, you said, this, is, so this, this is where hell begins. So <laughs> like we didn't realize it. And this happened multiple times on this journey. I thought hell started when we were running back from the, uh, from the Yankee Stadium to Central Park. I was like, this is hell. And then we got to Central Park. I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then like we went through hell and then we went through another hell and then we went deeper into hell. And there, like every single time I was like, as soon as I thought hell was over, like we didn't even realize like it was just beginning. Um, Central Park, going through the park was amazing. That was probably the highlight of the whole trip. Uh, But what got us stuck was that we had a friend that was coming up to take pictures and we're like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're out here running a marathon in in New York City, like Central Park, like let's, let's really make sure that we get some content out of this. Uh, and he took really amazing photos. Like the photos that came out were really, really awesome. But the process of getting those photos was a pain in the ass because one, we had to wait for him, uh, which we got cold. And then second, you know, he's not running with us. He's just taking still shots. So we literally had to run up and down this hill like five or six times. And we were so exhausted. Again, my shoulder, I'm picking up my shoulders to do these runs. And you can see in the photos, like my legs, I don't even have any spread and my shoulders are up to my, my, my ears. Uh, so like, that was kind of annoying just for the process of getting photos. But like I mentioned, very, very thankful that we were able to get them. But then very quickly we were like, all right, we got to go. We'll meet you at the Brooklyn bridge. He'll subway down at the Brooklyn bridge. We'll, we'll meet you there. So after that, we, uh, we got running and the plan was to cross over from central park over to the east side and we're not New York locals. We've, we've been in the city a couple of times, but we've never gone on runs in the city. And so we had assumed the east side was going to have a bike path, just like the west side had. Had the east side had a bike path, we would have been smooth sailing. I swear we probably could have got 35 to 40 miles. That was not the case. It was stop and go, stop and go all the way up until we got to the east side, which when we got to the east side, we're like, okay, cool. Um, you know, we're, we're golden. As soon as we got there, we realized there's no bike path. It's just a freeway. And we're like, oh my God, we can't run on the freeway. Like we're not going to run down the freeway. So we had to stay in the suburbs for a little bit and run down again, the east side, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And so literally from the moment we hit the Yankee Stadium all the way back until almost the very end, it was pretty much stop and go on every block. And remember, our biggest like pain was curbs we couldn't like we were in so much pain we couldn't even get up and off curbs and i think at this point myself personally this is when i started to get really emotional it's really weird to say that because i feel like i'm a pretty strong guy i feel like i have a lot of grit i feel like i have a lot of drive but i got a lot i got really emotional on this run because i just wanted it to be over I just wanted it to stop. And you're out here in the city, you have no way back. And you also committed to this thing and you you just have no choice but to keep going. But one of the thoughts that kept running through my mind, was like, damn, this really freaking sucks. I want to go home. Like, I want this to be over. And like, it's a really humbling experience as a grown man to have those thoughts be intrusive in your head and be like, damn, I still feel like a little boy. 
yeah. like which is really really weird um and so me and Sumner had you know our own experiences going through that but that was personally mine it was just like it was like it was like I was a little kid and I wanted to go home but I had no power in doing so and so I had to sit through this torture and just get it done um but that lasted I would say from you know the east side down until we got to the Washington Bridge I think it's I think it's the Washington Bridge I, I get the bridges I get the bridges all mixed up but it was the one, two bridges before the Brooklyn Bridge. I think that's the Washington. I think the Washington is the one actually right before the Brooklyn Bridge. Let me let me look at it. But in the meantime, you can tell your story, your side of the story. Yeah. Well, so here's what the interesting thing about the the run in general and really the experience on the east side. And one of the things that I picked up uh, on this run is for no explicable reason, you'll go through these really clear highs and lows, right? You'll be running and you're like, I'm a wild animal. I'm on top of the world. I'm unstoppable. Like I'm made for this. I got this. An hour later, you're, you're just in the dumps. Like you're questioning yourself. You're questioning your ability. Why did I ever sign up to do this? And so I remember through the East side, I'm kind of ping pongy, right? And like the frequency started to pick up, like in the beginning of the ride, it'd be like really high, really low, really high. And then towards the end, it's like, I'm like every five minutes, it's like high, low, high, low, high, low. And there was these wrenches that were thrown at us, right? We're running on the east side, which is pretty hilly, more hilly than I expected. And so the downhills to me were, were terrifying. The downhills, I felt like my knees were going to buckle at any point, And I was just going to start cartwheeling down the hill. Um, and there was a lot of downhills that we'd have to hit. So we'd go and hit the downhill. We'd be heading east. We're thinking, hey, we're going to go link up on uh, the bike path. We'd go down there, be a freeway. We'd have to run back up the hill that we just came down. Then we'd run down south a little bit more, try that again. And so we had like three instances where we'd go run east, hit a freeway, run back up the same path that we just took. And so that just started to feel really, really defeating. And I remember starting to feel like, dude, my highs are not as high. My lows are getting lower and lower. And so at that point, I'm like, Zach, dude, I think we're bonking. I think this is what they call bonking. I'm like, what he told me, the guy, the man at the, at the store said, when you bonk, shovel caffeine into yourself and just start slamming some food. So we run into like this really, actually really nice market, like the nicest market we had set foot in all day. Zach and I are like, we just feel so out of place. You're like sweaty, uncomfortable. Your eyes are bugging out. You look like death. There's like, you know, family shopping in this nice little bougie um, Manhattan grocery store. I remember I grab a Cliff Bar. I grab a Celsius. I think you grab pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I, gra I grabbed a Cliff Bar and a uh, C4. C4. I'm like, okay, that's going to put us, that's going to set us straight. We eat it, we slam the drinks, and I remember feeling so good. I'm like, dude, I'm back on, right? And that that little boost lasted from, I'm not kidding, about five minutes. Yeah. It was like, I, I, I will say, I remember the moment I put the cliff bar in my mouth and I let it hit my stomach, and it literally felt like a, a shredding machine just shredded up the calories and it was gone. Yeah. It that was lasted, the like real food we had. Yeah. The cliff bar literally lasted like maybe a minute of like satisfaction. And I was like, I'm hungry again. Yeah. Same thing with the caffeine, right? Like you're just getting so worn out and tired, hit the caffeine. It's like you get this big spike. What I realized is we probably should have doubled up like two energy drinks, two cliff bars. It should have just been a little more heightened. And I think one of the things we didn't understand leading up into this is dude, you're going to burn a shit ton of calories and caffeine is definitely going to be a necessity. Mm -hmm. We were running with 400 calories on us. That's all we had. And it's all in the form of disgusting cheap sugar. Um, and so we were ill-equipped in that department. And that's when we realized 
fuck, we're hungry. We're really hungry. It's getting cold. Sun's starting to set. We've got friends that have been waiting for us to the Brooklyn Bridge. We've done this stupid commitment to do 30 miles. We were at that point, we're like three miles out from hitting marathon, but we're like, we're doing 30. Uh, so we've got like, you know, essentially seven more miles to do. And I remember just feeling pretty defeated. Finally, after we hit that grocery store, we make it back onto what is the bike path. Uh, the bike path that we had been seeking all along that had been kind of getting intersected by this freeway. Finally, there was an opening. We get on the bike path. And I noticed at this point, Zach kind of gets like a little bit of like pep in his step. And I'm, I'm like, I'm faltering. I mean, I'm just slipping. And I, I, that feeling of feeling like a kid is a good way to explain it. I feel like a grown ass man. And all of a sudden you're like, I want to be in bed at home. I want to go home. It's yeah. cold out. I'm cold as shit. I'm hungry. And my body is just done. Like your body is threw in the towel a long time ago and you've just been biting your lip and gritting it. And it's just like, dude, no more, no more, no more. And we hit the 26.2 mile marker on the bike path, sun setting. It's kind of like this beautiful moment. We didn't even celebrate it. We just knew four more miles. Yep. There was no crowd. There was no Zach and I hurrahing. It was just like, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. So I remember, um, just to fact check myself, by the way, the bridge I was talking about was the Williamsburg Bridge. Uh, and I just checked the diff- the distance. It was about, it's about four to five miles from, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge. So we were running through the city four to five miles before we even got to the, like, the very end. Um, but we finally got on, you know, a decent path to where, you know, we can actually cover some ground without the stop and go. And as soon as we hit 26.2, we're like, cool. We did it. Let's grab a quick picture. We stopped this random dude. Like, like Sumner was saying, there was no crowd. There was no energy. There was no anybody like telling us to keep going or cheering. There's no metal at the end of it. We literally just stopped at a park bench. We're like, cool. We hit 26. Hey guy, can you take a quick picture of us? We just ran a marathon. He goes, you just ran a marathon. Like he looked at us like, what? Like a Thursday. Yeah. He's like, what? (laughs) We're like, yeah, we just ran a marathon. And then like, that was all the celebration we got. Like that was it. And uh, I posted it up on Instagram and then we kept running. And at that point, really the only reason why we kept running is because the, for myself, the only reason why I kept running after 26 was because we were, we weren't home. We weren't home yet. So the job wasn't done. I wasn't, I was not going to get a subway and ride a subway home after doing that. I was going to take myself all the way home. And I did get a little bit of a second wind because I was excited. I'm like, cool. Like, everything we do now is now extra credit. We did what we set out to do. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, I was just excited. Like, and maybe, maybe I just got a second win, but yeah. You know, I think, I think you did get a second win. And that, that goes back to the weird, like the, just the ping ponging and it seems unexplainable. I think for me at that point, like whatever, like good feeling kind of hormones that I had been getting shot with earlier, like they were, there just was no more in my body. Oh, that dude, that was another thing. It literally by this point, if any of you guys have been to a music festival, it felt like a come down. Yeah. It felt like we were on a come down. Like imagine if you got, you guys know, I take MDMA, like you have done that. And if you guys go back to a couple episodes, you know, before you can find lessons that, uh, or episodes I've done on MDMA, what we felt at this 26 mile mark was imagine if you like had a really insane role and now you're coming down super freaking hard, but you're still at the festival and you have another three hours to go. <laughs> like that's how it felt. I was like, you know, fun's over. I just want to go home. I want to lay in bed. I want to, I want to get warm. That's how it felt. Like it just the worst come down ever. So that's a good way to explain it. Honestly. Um, for me, it was, 
I did. I honestly felt worse than a come down. Like I, I feel like I'm a pretty darn happy go lucky person. Just like my natural set point for happiness. I feel like it's, it's decent. Um, I, I didn't felt like a, a, a real sadness or a depression like that, even beyond the come down in, in a long time. And, uh, it just felt like one of those things where it's just like everything felt meaningless, like any kind of depression. It's just like, why am I doing this? It's just so stupid. Like it just, you're just kind of just being self-deprecating and everything kind of felt devoid of meaning. And this is what I find so interesting. So well, actually two things. One, kind of going back to what Zach had mentioned earlier in this podcast, like the intention that you set, uh, the goal that you set is most likely what you're going to achieve, right? Like we had just designed it so in order for us to finish even though we had done a marathon we had to finish at the Brooklyn Bridge that was it that was the frame that we had set and so uh, it's just interesting how that works like had we had our friends waiting for us at the 26.2 mile marker there's no way we would have done 30 miles but we had designed it in a way where like we were going to succeed quote unquote succeed if you quantify success as doing 30 miles and so like we succeeded in that department by design which I find pretty interesting the second point is I mean honestly like those last few miles, there's nothing really that cool to talk about other than the fact that it just was, it was fucking shitty. It was shitty, yeah. felt sad. It was cold. Like once the sun dropped down, it was just cold. And I'm in like this little like wicker shirt that's like breathable and like the wind's hitting you. Yeah, you're just chilly. This is what I find so interesting though. So feeling depressed, feeling sad. We meet up with our friends on the Brooklyn Bridge they had been waiting there for, for way too long and shout out to them for being troopers and, and holding strong and waiting for us and just being a solid group of people. And they, they gave us some cheer they gave us some camaraderie, but I remember that didn't even lift our spirits. What lifted our spirits was a $3 pretzel with salt on it. Mm. Right. And that's what I find so interesting about us humans is that like, dude, yes, you can build incredible mental fortitude. You can develop yourself, but if you're not meeting the core tenets, this is you're fighting an uphill battle right and a very obvious one in this case was food the second that food hit my mouth i'm like fucking life is great i felt so good uh and i think going back onto why november was a, a good month it's like yeah dude core tenants right family friends being physical pushing yourself having a goal to work towards those are the, that's the simple shit right and design your life to where you can have those core tenants involved uh and so for us uh, a poor planning mistake and not bringing food with us and it's just funny to think that like what felt like this deep, dark depression that was never going to end. And this is so terrible was really just a byproduct of not having food. Mm. And it, dude, at the core, we are just such simple creatures. The fact that we can be driven to believe that life is so bad by not having food, which is kind of comedy to me. Yeah. I, I do remember that moment too. Cause like, I think we had friends that were coming to take pictures with us, but it wasn't like it was just kind of like, wow, you guys ran 30 miles. Like, you guys are crazy. Like, we're like, yeah, we're no, we're fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> and uh, like you mentioned, like, we were just cold. We wanted to go home, um, but we stayed. We did the damn thing. We stayed out there. We got a couple pictures on the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and again, like Sumner said, the, the best part about that was the, the $3 pretzel that we got with the salt that they put on it. Um, yeah, that that made it for, for us. But at that point, we're just like ready to go home and like... We kind of just stayed out there. We got some food with everybody, went home and we're like, God damn, we're so glad that's over. <laughs> but, yeah, I being at the restaurant, I'm falling asleep. You're dozing off. Again, again, it's like, it's like a really insane come down after, yeah. after music festival. And you're just like, 
you're it doesn't even feel like real life you're just like what is reality right now it feels so strange like i feel like i just went to war and everybody's just like eating dinner like nothing happened i was like what what happened like um but let's go ahead and wrap things up skipping ahead until you know the next morning how we felt yeah you know mind you this 30 mile run was twice the length and time by the way we did it in about seven hours it's about like seven hours and 11 minutes. Um, I personally think that if we didn't have the stop and go through the city, we could have got it six hours or sub six hours. Um, but mind you, 30 miles was twice the distance that we had ever run before that Sunday. Right. So it was, it was pretty insane to just go out the gate. But waking up the next morning, surprisingly, not as sore as I expected, surprisingly felt really, really great. I think both Sumner and I felt good enough to train and go back in the gym, even though we knew, hey, we should probably take a couple of days off and, and rest up a little bit. But we, we both felt pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so what I will say is that if we were to do it again, we would do it with a better route, probably an event that's actually scheduled and planned so that we could have a straight shot. We would prep our food better. If, if like, like I mentioned before, we take a, something with us on every single run. We learn something a little bit new. I think if we optimize it for a longer distance run, we probably could have hit 35 to 40 uh, miles before we crashed out like we did. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, waking up the next morning felt good. Honestly, wasn't really sore. Knee wasn't bugging me. We ended up going out that night and, and partying, right? <laughs> like we, we really didn't skip a beat. Um, one of the things that uh, neither of us have really talked about, I don't really know if there's any great substance to take away from it, but I'm curious to ask you, one nugget like the kind of like the core rock that you took away from this is there one did you learn something yeah it's grit over skill this thing is the biggest thing i took away from it that if you have grit and you have the ability to just push yourself that you can you can overcome a lot of things in life regardless of whether or not you have skill now will you be the absolute best and most optimal for getting the result probably not but will you get the damn thing done absolutely i remember there was a point in uh, in the run where I looked at you and I said, Hey, Zach is driving right now. Like it really felt like my consciousness had to step into my body and take the driver's seat and be like, no, we are going like up my body subconsciously just wanted to stop. But like my conscious was like, go, go. And so like, I really felt like in control and that was just pure grit. Like, that's not like, that's not your zoned out autopilot kind of just strolling kind of run. This is like, you're really focused on pushing your body so that you don't stop. And I feel like that is something that I learned is like grit over skill. If you just have grit and the ability to push yourself, you can get a lot of things done regardless of whether or not you have skill. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think, um, you know, I talked about this with you previously, but really what I gleaned from it, um, it's Parkinson's law, right? Like, the time that you allot for yourself is the time that you're going to use. And in a lot of cases, sometimes setting a shorter timeline allows for creativity to step in, right? Had we planned six months for this, I don't think either of us would have been so solution orientated and like kind of pushing to figure out, hey, how can we actually get better at this? Because we set such a short window, it's like, you have to get scrappy. You have to get creative. You kind of have to step outside of the box. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I also think that's super transferable, honestly. Uh, to a lot of areas in our life. I mean, there's a, a, a gentleman named Peter Thiel who's got this quote that's always stuck out to me. And one of the things that he says is like, hey, take your 10-year vision and what, what would it look like if you did it in six months? 
right? Kind of crazy. And like in most instances, it probably doesn't work, but I think it's a, an interesting question to ask yourself. And I feel like we lived out that question in this experience without even mm. realizing it. Wasn't the intention, but like, dude, we did it in two weeks of training. That's insane. No, it, it was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. It was definitely really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. Any any final thoughts? Any any last words that you want to leave for anyone who's listening? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've covered so much ground here. If anyone's made it this far, I mean, kudos to you. I, I know we, we talked your ear off. Um, I think for me, another thing that I picked up on is just wanting more of whatever this was, not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, directed just towards like endurance activities, but I think having, I've been so goal orientated in terms of like business that I feel like I've lost sight of what it feels like to have goals outside of that. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun, man. I like, it really filled up my cup. So I want more of it. However yeah. that looks like. I agree. I agree. And like, I'm honestly surprised by how quickly I'm already thinking about the next thing. Um, <laughs> And it was a lot of fun. I, you just don't ever get that kind of zone and pain uh, through strength training. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's good to tap into that every, every once in a while. But um, wanted to share this with everybody who was following along because I know that we were posting it on the story. So you guys get a full, um, like full on experience with this marathon. But um, Sumner, if you want to leave your Instagram, what's your, what's your Instagram so people can follow you? Yeah, it's just at Sumner Healy, S-U-M-N-E-R-H-E. E-A-L-E-Y. Um, you can find me there. I should be the only somewhere on Instagram. So uh, yeah, you should be able to find me there. And if that motherfucker is watching the video that said Zach and I are lame for doing this race, you can DM me again as well. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that being said, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.